Uh, are you ready to get into the Word tonight? Go ahead and go with me to Hebrews chapter 8. And then uh, put a finger there. And we're going to start with Philippians chapter 1. And some of the scriptures we will pull up on the screen. And others I just want to encourage you to write them down. But Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident. You know God wants us to be confident in our walk with Him. He wants us to be confident that He watches over His Word to perform it. He wants us to be confident that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God wants us to be confident. Say confident. confident. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 8. Like Pastor said, we're going to start a new series tonight on walking with God. Walking with God. Hebrews chapter 8. We'll start in verse 8. Hebrews 8, verse 8, he says, Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 11, none of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Notice that phrase for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. That includes us. From the least to the greatest for all shall know Him. That God wants each of us to walk with Him. Now, whenever we use the phrase walk with God, that means that we're in agreement with God. When you walk with somebody, your heart's connected, your mind's connected, you're in agreement. Amos 3, 3, how can two walk? Say walk. Walk together unless they be in agreement. How can we walk with God? Well, first, we've got to make a decision that when I see something in God's Word, I'm going to agree with God because He knows more than we do. Right? right? Say, He knows more than me. me. That's just good for us to do that, just to realize that God knows more than we do, right? And He says, okay, He wants all of us to know Him. So, So what are some things that we can put in place in our life so no matter where we're at in our relationship with God, we can all go higher than where we're at right now, correct? We can all know God in a more intimate relationship than what we know Him right now. God has been good to us. God has been faithful to us. But there's always more, right? There's all Say, there's always more. And so I remember whenever I'd... I'd You know, I got born again when I was 20 years old and I started going after God. And I don't even recall how I got connected with Dr. Savell and Brother Copeland. I don't know if I came across them on TV or my my spiritual parents at the time, uh, Glenn and Ann Smith. And um, that's who kind of prayed me in and my parents. And um, and I, I believe I'd heard Glenn talk about Brother Copeland. And, and so I'd started watching Brother Copeland and started being a coming apart and I'd get his newsletters. Then I heard about Dr. Savell and I started getting his newsletters and saw him and started getting their teachings. And I would just memorize their, their monthly partner letters and every scripture in there and how I could apply it to my life. And I just started getting hungry for the things of God. And, and so there were some things that I, I remember looking back now when I stepped back. Okay, what were some game changers in my relationship with God, in order to walk with God. Well, when I realized that God was good, that was a game changer to me. So so go with me to Matthew chapter 7. And I just, we want to put our eyes on the Word of God, right? Right. Not man's opinion, because, you know, when I I did go to church growing up, and um, that just wasn't my perspective of God, is that He was for me. You know, my, what I'd heard and, and knew about God is that if I stepped out of line, he was going to mow me down. 
<laughs> you know, he's going to take me out. Or, you know, I'd heard that it was God that put sickness on people. Or God was the one putting them in a car wreck. And, and probably the same things that you had heard. And, and that even as a little kid, I just thought, that's just so strange. Why are we here? Why would we, why would we serve a God that would do that? And so when I began to discover that God was good, that intensified my desire to want to walk with him. And my confidence began to grow in my relationship with God. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts, say good gifts, gifts. to your children. Now, us being in natural, our our natural state, he says, if you know how to give good gifts, and and I have a great earthly father. I mean, and, and and you look around, even people that don't know God, know how to give good gifts to their kids, right? And, and let's keep going here. It says, how much more, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? How much more will our Heavenly Father give good things? And, and you know this stuff. This isn't stuff that's new to you. We're talking about, okay, walking with God, and it's important to go back and, and lay hold of those fundamental revelations that we've built our life upon in order to build higher but realizing that our Heavenly Father is a good Father. Say, He's a good Father. father. Now go with me to James chapter 1. So how do we walk with God and how do we increase in our confidence walking with God, realizing that God the Father is good? Say, He's good. good. James 1, 17, it says, Every good gift, say good gift, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from who? From, from the Father. So the Father is good. Say, the Father is good. Now, now go with me to John chapter 10. So not only is the Father good, and we could, just, we could camp on just that right there all night long, but we gotta, we're going to keep moving, okay? So how do we walk with God? How do we grow in our confidence with God? John chapter 10. So not only is the Father good, but when I realized that Jesus was good. John chapter 10. Let's just look in verse 10. And he says, let's look at the Amplified. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I am the good shepherd. Say good shepherd. The good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. So when, it, when I realized that, okay, the killing, stealing, and destroying was the enemy's job description, and Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly, I wanted to walk with God. My desire to walk with God began to intensify because now not only did I see God the Father, that He's good and He's good all the time, but now when I look at Jesus, of course, Jesus reveals the heart of the Father, reveals the will of the Father, but when I see Jesus, He is good, and He's the one that came to give us life and life more abundantly. So drawing a line in the sand was very pivotal, pivotal point in my life, realizing it is the devil who kills, steals, and destroys, draw a line in the sand. Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly. That was a game changer for me. Okay. So when something bad was coming, I no longer, okay, is this God or is this the devil? I I drew a line in the sand. I knew exactly where it was coming from. Right? So not only is God the father good, but I see Jesus is good. Say Jesus is good. Go down to verse 14. So we saw that he's a good shepherd in verse 11, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. Say, good shepherd. good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. So he's the good shepherd. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly, and he is the good shepherd. So not only is the Father good, but Jesus is good. Psalms 23, verse 1, Jesus, uh, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. And the Amplified, it says, I, To feed me, to guide me. To shield me, and I shall not lack. So the good shepherd, where is he wanting to lead me? He's wanting to lead me to a place where I don't lack. Where I don't lack strength, where I don't lack wisdom, I don't lack his presence, I don't lack financially, I don't lack in my body, I don't lack. He is a good shepherd. Say, he's a good shepherd. 
And so when he's feeding me and guiding me and leading me, what's going to happen? It's good that I overcome. It's good that I conquer. It's good that I have the, the strength to get back up when life knocks me down. It's good. So the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give me life because he's good. Not only this kind of life, but life and life more abundantly, eternal life, the God kind of life. So the Father is good. Say, the Father's good. Jesus is good. Say, the Holy Spirit is good. Go to John chapter 16. So how do we walk with God and increase our confidence with God? Well, realizing that the Father is good, that, that builds a desire to want to walk with God. Knowing that Jesus is good, that builds a desire to want to walk with God. And knowing that we have the same Spirit that Jesus had in us builds a desire to want to walk with God. So John chapter 16 verse 13 says, However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide us into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 13, However, the spirit of truth... Has come, he has come, the spirit of truth, truth, say truth, truth being the highest form of reality, truth, every one of us desire truth. John 17, verse 3, you don't have to turn there, but Jesus said, This is eternal life that you and I can know the one true God. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and verse 11, you can look at it in your own time, but it says that God is built inside of man. A desire that can only be satisfied by God. And so realizing that, okay, God the Father is good. Jesus is good. And he gave me his spirit. The spirit of truth. Say truth. Truth. Truth, truth about my father. Truth about me. Truth about my inheritance. Say truth. And you look at John chapter 8. Let's read that. John chapter 8 verse 31. 32. And Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him. If you abide in my word. Hold fast to my teaching. Now, let, let's, let's look at these scriptures with fresh eyes. Can we do that? Let's hear God's word with open ears. Because here I am as a young man, 20 years old, and I'm, I'm reading these scriptures and I'm, I'm getting these revelations for the first time in my life that, okay, my father's good and he wants to be good to me. That when Jesus showed up, it was to give each and every one of us Life and life more abundantly. And it was so freeing to know that God wasn't trying to take me out. That it was the enemy's job that was killing, stealing, and destroying. But to know that God loved me so much that he gave me the same spirit that he'd given his son. To teach me. To teach me his word. To teach me his heart. Here is I'm a, a young man and I'm addicted to this and addicted to that. And I'm in an environment of, of drugs and, I mean, just a mess. And getting this revelation that the spirit of truth in, in the middle of my mess wanted to teach me truth. And then when I saw this scripture, John chapter 8, verse 31, and Jesus said to those who had believed in him... And I pause and I got to ask myself, is that me? Do I truly believe him? Because if I'm going to walk with God, not only do I need to agree with God, but now I've got a choice to believe God. Not only for my eternal salvation, but James chapter 5 verse 13 says it's important that we not only believe him, but we continue to believe. Every day we have a, a, a decision to continue to believe. I know people that have been in ministry for years, but that at some point in time, they stop continuing to believe. 
And what they once believed, now they no longer believe because they didn't keep continuing to believe. Every day it's a choice to continue to believe. Continue to know that God the Father is good. Continue to know that Jesus is good. Continue to know that His Spirit dwells in you and I to bring good. He's leading us, guiding us, directing us. The Spirit of truth is teaching us. Say, teaching me. And it says He's speaking to those who believe. Is that you? Is that me? And He goes on to say, if, if you abide in My Word... Hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them. You are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. So if I choose to believe God's word and I make a decision that I'm going to hold on to God's word, no matter where I'm at, even today in my life, I've, I've got a decision to make to hold on to God's word. If I continue in his word, hold fast to his word, abide in his word, live in his word, then I'm a disciple. Disciple comes from disciples, meaning a learner. Then I am a learner. A disciple means a disciplined one. When I'm disciplined to do the word, when I'm disciplined to think the word, when I'm disciplined to continue, then I'm a disciple. And he goes on to tell me, and I will know the truth. I will know the truth. I will. Not I might. I will. If I stay in the process, I will know the truth. And that truth that I know will make me free. Not only set me free, it will make me free. Amen. The word know there comes from a word which is the same word Adam knew Eve. That's, it's a word of intimacy. So the word that I'm intimate with is the word that makes me free. Not the word I know in my head. The word that I'm intimate with. The word that I'm intimately acquainted with is the word that makes me free. So if I'm not intimately acquainted with the Word, there's no freedom coming. I can have a head full of knowledge, but if there's no intimacy between me and my Heavenly Father and, and allowing the Spirit of God to, to breathe life upon the Word of God. See, you know just like I do, you can, you can hear the Word, but if the Word isn't wrapped with the anointing of God, the Word isn't breathed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the voice of God and reveals it to you and I. He's the one that reveals it. He's the one that inspires it. It is the inspired Word of God that brings correction and instruction and direction. Inspire, inspirited. When God speaks, to your spirit, now there's an, a truth that you're knowing. Now there's an intimacy that's taking place in you and you apply that truth. That's when freedom comes. So the Father is good. Jesus is good. The Holy Spirit is good. And so the Holy Spirit's teaching us. He's teaching us. What's He, what's he teaching us? Truth. The same spirit that inspired men to write this word. The same spirit that was in Jesus. Is the same spirit that is teaching us. John 14 verse 26. I'm really just wanting to slow down and teach because... In order for us to walk with God, what is He wanting us to know? And what is He wanting us to do? Because it's not only enough for you and I to have information. Now, what do we do with the information? The Holy Spirit is wanting you and I to walk with our Heavenly Father. He's wanting us to walk in relationship with God. He said, from the least to the greatest. I want them to know me, not know about me, but know me. This isn't a church that just teaches about God. This is a, a church that knows God. There are churches all around the United States that learn about God, but never experience God. That's not good enough for me. I want to not only know about God, I want to know God. I want to experience God. I want what I see in the Word to be in my life. And He said that He was good. Say, He's good. And He's given me His Spirit to teach me. 
to teach me. Say, to teach me. John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. He will teach you some things. He'll teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. So now you have the Spirit of truth who is helping us, who is teaching us, who is leading us into all truth, all truth about our our marriage, all truth about our finances, all truth about our physical body, all truth about uh, whatever you're called and created to do. When when we pray, you know, I I rodeo professionally, and and when I first started getting a hold of the Word of God, I had a desire to be one of the best ropers in the world, and I I wasn't, that was not, that was, believe me, I was doing that by faith. I mean, I was at the bottom of the totem pole, but I, I had a desire and this realization that God was good and God was faithful and His Word always worked and He wanted to, to prosper whatever we put our hands to and, and, and God wanted, you know, God will speak to you in cowboy and God will speak to you in biker and God will speak to you in North Carolinian and God will speak to you in Australian. God will speak to you in whatever. He is Almighty God and He knows your language. Amen. And the Spirit of Truth Teach us all things. Still to this day, Lord, you know you know everything about a horse, about a steer, about a rope, about the fundamentals, about everything. Teach me. And when I, I sit down to study, Holy Spirit, you're the one, you're the one who wrote this. And I ask you to reveal to me the heart of the Father. Of, of what was on his heart when he inspired them to write this. What, what, was, what was running through his heart and, and what is he saying to us? Because when he wrote this, he wasn't just thinking about them. He was thinking about us today. What was his motive? What was his mind? What was his, what was his intent? Holy Spirit, I just receive your help. Your help. He's the helper. I, I, I receive... I open my heart and I expect you, Spirit of Truth, to lead and guide me into all truth. So as I'm ministering, the Holy Spirit reveals to you what you're going through, truth. And when we apply the truth, the truth is what makes us free. So the Father is good, Jesus is good, the Holy Spirit is good. So what are some things that we can do to walk with God and to increase our confidence? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Say, the Father's good. Jesus is good. Holy Spirit is good. It is just good. Hebrews 11, verse 5. So if you're taking notes, what what can we do to walk with God? Let's, Let's do what Enoch did to get the results that Enoch had. Hebrews eleven five it says, Because of faith, Enoch was caught up and transferred to heaven so that he did not have a glimpse of death. And he was not found because God had translated him. For even before he was taken to heaven, he received testimony. He received testimony. Still on record that he had pleased and been satisfactory to God. He had received testimony. Hold your place right there. Go to Genesis chapter 5. That's the first of your Bible there. Just, just, just kidding. I mean, I figured you knew that. One. Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. Now notice what Enoch did. Enoch in its name, the name means dedicated. Dedicated. That Enoch was, he was dedicated. He was committed to the process. Verse 22. And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. After the birth of Methuselah, 300 years, and had other sons and daughters, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24, And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God, and he was not, for God took him home with him. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. So, verse 5, He received testimony, still on record, that he had pleased and been satisfactory to God. Verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. 
So how did Enoch walk with God? He walked in habitual fellowship with God. I mean, picture them walking together. So if we're going to walk with God, there has to be an agreement. When, when God would come down and walk in the cool of the day, I want you to think how brilliant Adam and Eve were to understand what God was revealing to them. God would explain what was going on and how he created and how he did this and how he did that. And Adam and Eve, they were not ignorant. They didn't look at God and go, ugh, ugh, ooh, ooh. No, when God, when God shared something, they got it. And God walked with them. And, and so it wasn't enough for Enoch to go off of Grandpa Adam and Grandma Eve's experience. When they begin to talk to them what it was like when God would walk with them in the cool of the day and there was no such thing as sin and there was no sickness and there was no separation and, and, and just the presence of God and how quick their mind was and little Enoch as a young boy began to hear and how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what happened when he began to hear God's word? A desire began to rise on the inside of Enoch that it isn't enough for me for them to experience what they experienced. I'm going to experience what they're talking about. It's not enough for you and I. We don't have to know God through somebody else's experience. We can know God in our own experience. You know what stirs me up when I'm around men and women of faith, when just being around Pastor Justin, being around Dr. Savannah, just hearing men and women of faith, it's a desire that stirs inside of Heather and I. I want to know God like they know God. 1 Timothy 2.5 says there's only one mediator between us and the Father. And his name is Jesus. And when we are in Christ Jesus, there's nothing that is standing between us and our Heavenly Father. The same way Enoch walked with God, we can walk with God. The same way Adam and Eve walked with God, we can walk with God. We were separated, but because of Jesus, now we're back into relationship with God where we can walk in habitual fellowship the same way Enoch did. The same spirit that was in them is the same spirit that is in us. The same Holy Spirit. The same spirit that came from God the Father that was inspirited is the same spirit, same word, same power that can bring the same light in us. How do we walk with God? We do what Enoch did to get the results that Enoch got. And their relationship got so intense that Enoch, you can just picture him out there when he first started. I mean, you remember when you first started walking with the Lord? I mean, you just sometimes I, I remember, like, oh, Lord, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> but here I am. God, I just want to know you. You know, they talk like they know you. This other guy, I hear him talk about you, and it's just confusing. <laughs> this guy over here says you're going to take somebody out. God, and you know, you, you listen, you listen right in here. Remember, he's the spirit of truth. Now, if you sit under a bunch of religion, you're going to come into an environment like this, and it might make your head go... But if you'll get by that and listen in here, you know what your spirit man is saying? That's right. That's right. That right there is right. So Enoch goes out there and he's, God, here I am. Grandpa, he, he told me how you and him would talk. God, I want to know you like that. God, I... I'm hurting in my heart. God, will you, will you heal my heart? And you know, just being real with God, that's when He begin, becomes real to you. In order to get the results that Enoch had, we've got to do what Enoch did. When I'm first coming out of this stuff, because you know, you get in an environment like this, and what happens is you're, 
your spirit, man, just comes alive and you get so strong and you're like, yes, I want to be free and I want to walk in deliverance and I want to walk in victory and I want to overcome. And you get away from this environment, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak <laughs> and your soul is weak. <laughs> I remember, and I, you know, in this environment, bad relationships, all that type of stuff, I'd just be, be determined. All right, we're going to, we're knowing God, we're going to get free, man. Bless the Lord, been listening to teaching and the word and, 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 and here you're hungry and you get back in that environment. And because your soul isn't strong enough, you get drawn right back into that same environment. You're like, man, how in the heck did I get right back here doing the same things that I don't want to do? What I learned through the process is that my spirit man would be strong, but my soul wasn't strong enough to back up what my spirit man was telling me. Now, pastor churches, you see it all the time in church. People, they get in church and they get inspired. Oh, pastor, I'm, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'll do whatever it takes. And they leave. You never see them again. <laughs> you can count on me. What happens in the environment of the Word? Your spirit man says, yes, 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 yes. But if you're not Monday through Saturday developing your soul, getting your soul to cash, let's picture your soul here, and your spirit man is saying, let's do this, but your soul is this big, there's not enough in it to cash what your spirit man is saying. And so it never comes into the natural. Spirit, soul, body. God, Spirit is speaking to you saying, you are victorious. You are the righteousness of God. You are healed. You are delivered. And your soul is saying, I don't know what he's saying. And you never see it in the natural. But as you keep staying in the Word, your soul begins to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be healthy. Even as your soul prospers, your spirit man says, let's do this. And your soul says, you better believe it. And your flesh says, all right, we're going to do what they say. Let's do. <laughs> so how? I, never, I had this buddy, man, bless his heart. I mean, I just, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move out. I'm going to get out of all this environment and everything. And he just said, okay, man, I'm going to wait on you right here in the car. We're hauling racehorses in El Paso. And okay. And I'd walk in and I'd walk back out hours knowing he's going to be fuming. Knowing he just wanted to kick my tail. I'd just, well, Trey, what's wrong with you? Why do you do that? And he, I'd go out there and he'd just be asleep. But he kept loving me. Kept believing in me and with me and for me. And sure enough, if I stayed in the Word, you know, you, separate, you, you get separated and you might get shrunk back in and you get separated and you get shrunk back in. But there comes a time if you'll stay dedicated that nothing's going to draw you back in. Because you begin to realize that's no longer who I am. And now you're no longer just trying to get into the kingdom where you're just kind of, okay, I'm just going to get in the kingdom. I know I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to live over here. I'm going to live like I don't know Jesus. And then you get over here. But there comes a time that you continue to walk so far away from that line. You're not trying just to live right inside the border of Christianity that now you get so far away when somebody, you bump into somebody and say, hey, hey, you remember when we did this? And we remember when we did that? And ha, 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 ha. And you have to work at recalling what they're talking about. So what are some things we can do to walk with God and increase our confidence? Be dedicated. Say dedicated. dedicated. Be dedicated. Another thing we can do is put God first. Another thing we can do, okay, so, so one thing we can do is be dedicated. So we say be dedicated. Another thing is put God first. Say put God first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Put God first. Say first. First, <laughs> put God first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. How can I walk with God? By putting God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek, seek first. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Seek first. Say first. How can I walk with God? Put God first. How can I grow in my relationship with God? Put God first. Second? No, first. Third? No, first. Where do we put God? 
first. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Set your mind. In the Amplified it says, set your mind and keep them set on what is above. So how, how, do, I, how do I put God first? How do I seek Him and His righteousness, His way of doing things and being right... And he says, everything else will be added unto me. How can I set my mind on things above and keep it set? Notice he didn't say, set it just on Sunday. Set it and keep it set. Even when you don't feel like it, set it and keep it set. Even when it doesn't look like it in the natural, set it and keep it set. When you keep it set, you know what's happening? Is that we're coming up to God's way of thinking and God's way of living and God's way of freedom. Instead of going in and out, we keep our minds set and we're going to keep climbing and we're going to keep going higher and we're going to keep going over and we're going to keep walking in freedom and we're going to keep growing and we're going to keep becoming and we're going to keep declaring and we're going to keep knowing and we're going to keep living. Why? Because we're going to set and we're going to set and we're going to set. I want you to see your mind. Set it on the promise of God. Maybe it's healing in your body. Set your mind and see yourself pulling up for his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Where you and him come together. I'm going to set and I'm going to pull. I'm going to set and I'm going to pull. Even when I don't feel like I'm going to keep setting my mind that God supplies all my needs. I'm going to keep setting my mind that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep setting my mind that whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm going to set it and I'm going to pull. I'm going to set it and I'm going to pull. Isn't that what Isaiah 55 tells us? It says, as the heavens and the earth, he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. He says, but just like the rain and snow come down from the heaven and water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, he says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. He says, I'm giving you my word to bring your way of living up to my way of living. Your thinking up to my thing. Your believing up to my belief. Your life up to my life. Don't try to bring God down. Let's come up. Too many times we want to bring God down. You realize that In the beginning stages, hopefully we're making progress. Still got a long ways to go, but we're making strides, right? That most of the interactions you have with God are corrective. What I mean by that is He's God and He changes not. I'm me and I need to change continually. (laughs) You with me? So whenever, whenever we come into the presence of God and we open his word, but if we know our father is good and we know Jesus is good and we know the Holy Spirit is good, that when I see something in the word and I receive it, it's going to be for my good when I apply it. So put God first. Set your mind on things above and not on things beneath. I'm not going to go there. What's another thing that, that we can do? Go with me to Jeremiah 29. Pastor's favorite scripture. Jeremiah 29. So, so what are some things we can do to, to walk with God and grow in our confidence? We can be dedicated. Say dedicated. dedicated. Put God first. Number three, seek God with all your heart. See God with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And Amplified, it says, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity, And find me when you search for me with all your heart. I want to read that again. Then you will seek me and inquire for and require me as a vital necessity. Vital necessity. What's a a vital necessity in our life? Is it vital that your heart is beating in your chest? Yeah, that's vital. He says that when you seek me, 
inquire for, require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me on Sunday. When you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, I'll be found by you, says the Lord, and I will release you from captivity. When I seek for God with all my heart, say all my heart. When I seek God like it's a vital necessity, I need His presence more than I need food. I need His presence more than I need anything else. When, when I seek for Him with all my heart, then He says, I'll be found by you. Not playing with it, not a little dabble, do you? But how do I grow in my relationship with God? I see God with all my heart. When I, I crave God with all my heart. Have you ever craved something before? So you take what that craving is like. and Okay, how can I crave God in the same manner? I remember I found Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. My son, be addicted to my word. Well, I knew what it was like to be addicted to something. And so I stepped back and I thought, okay, I know I will do anything. I mean, walking along the bar ditches looking for the last smoke you threw out or the can of snuff you threw out. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But there was such a craving, it causes you to do ridiculous things. And so, okay, how can I be addicted to the word of God? How can I crave the Word of God? What will I do to get the Word of God? I, I remember I didn't care if it was Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian. If it said God on it, I was there. Because why? I was so hungry for the things of God. There was such a craving. And still to this day, there's such a, a craving. It's we're putting God first. There's such a craving that we're dedicated. There's such a craving that we seek God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do I have that craving like I had in the very beginning stages? If I don't have that craving, what has taken the place of that craving? What else has filled that craving? What else has filled that desire? He says, because when you crave it, when you seek it as vital necessity, and you search for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Remember James 4, 8. Draw nearer to him and he draws near to us, right? Matthew 5, 6. When you're there, say amen. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. How... how can we walk with God? How can we grow in our relationship with God? How can we increase in our confidence with God? He says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Remember the hungriest time in your life? Maybe, maybe that was college. Remember when you fasted involuntarily? You remember... When I first, I mean, I would see these things in the Word, and my parents are, are great. And after I got past this and I, I was learning things about the Word, they got so upset at me that I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't tell them I was out of money. I wouldn't tell them nothing because I wanted God's Word to work. I mean, there were days. <laughs> and it wasn't God that was holding out on me. I was, I was learning. I was growing. I was developing. But remember how hungry you were? And I remember setting my mind, and I remember being so determined and so dedicated that I was either going, God was going to show up, or I was, I was committed to the process, or either I was going to die. That's where the decision was made in the heart, that either it's going to work or it's not going to work. Either God's true or He is a liar. And when you make that quality decision that, God, your word says this, and I'm hanging on to it with all my might, and you've got to show up, that's vital necessity. That's requiring him by, by, by the necessity of your need. That's requiring him to show up. Remember Luke 18, verse 8, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith upon the earth? When he comes to your house, is he going to find faith? He ain't going to say, show me your teaching CDs and your bumper sticker. He's going to look into you and I. Will he be drawn to the faith? Remember 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro over the whole earth looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf. I want him to stop with me. 
That whenever he thinks dedicated, I don't want him to think Enoch is up there with him. I want him to think Trey. I want him to think heritage of faith. I want him to think Heather. Whenever he's looking to and fro, I want him to stop at us because he can't resist faith. He can't bypass faith. He can't go past faith. He has to stop at the Johnson household of faith. How about your house? Those who hunger and thirst. You know, now as we travel all over the place and and, um, we're in all different types of environments, I don't care if it's Church of Christ, Methodist, Pentecostal, Church of God, if a person is hungry, if a person is thirsty, God will show up to that person. So I've got to ask myself, how hungry am I? If I want to walk with God and I want to make it a habit to fellowship with God, am I really dedicated? Am I really putting God first? Am I, am I really hungry and thirsting after righteousness? Because if I am, he said, I will be filled. Not I might be filled. I remember, you know, being so hungry for the things of God. I knew there was more than just going to heaven. And, and he got so hungry, you begin to read the scriptures. And John chapter 4, whenever the disciples went on and they come back and they ask Jesus and they are trying to urge him, why don't you eat something? And he says, you know, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God and completing the work that he sent me to do and thinking, okay, there's a place I can be in my relationship with God that doing his will and knowing him satisfies me more than physical food. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's a place that his word can satisfy me that no winning, no money, no drug, no alcohol, no sex, nothing can satisfy like the word of God can satisfy. And then when I'm hungry, he says that word is going to bring the manifestation of the natural. How hungry am I? How thirsty am I? Remember John chapter 7, Jesus said, he he got up at the last day of the feast and he said, anybody who's thirsty, let them come unto me and drink. And out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. And I began to see in the, in the book of Acts and Acts 1 and Acts 2 and Acts 3 and all through Acts 8, Acts 19. The list goes on and on. When they were hungry, Apostle Paul, Acts 19, he shows up and he talks to him. He says, now, I know that you're saved. This Johnson paraphrase, of course, here. I know that you're saved, but have you been baptized? Oh, bless the Lord. I mean, you could just see the hunger in these, in these people, in these 12 people. They're just so hungry. No, we haven't been baptized. What, what is that about? And he's, so he explains some baptism. Bloop, bloop. They get baptized. They come on. Well, well do, you know that, that, do you know that he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit too? What are you? There's more than that? And he, he, Paul laid his hands upon them. They all began to pray in other tongues. Why? Because they were hungry. And they were thirsty. I just feel like I'm supposed to say it's not about the tongues. It's about the relationship. And it's about, God didn't call us to walk in Methodist. He didn't call us to walk in Baptist. He didn't call us to walk in cowboy or walk in biker. He called us to walk in relationship. He didn't call us, it didn't say, and Enoch habitually walked in religion. No, habitually fellowshiped with God to the point that he was, and then he wasn't. He was dedicated. He was putting God first. He was hungry. He was thirsty. There's more than where we're at right now. This is the season of marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. But it's going to take us being dedicated to the process. The process. God's not a genie in a bottle. Your wish is my command. He's not a lucky rabbit's foot. Oh, come on, come on. No, he's, he's Almighty God. And He wants to walk from the least the greatest. But it's going to take you and I making a decision that I'm dedicated to the process. 
I'm committed to the process. See, the pressure of the process separates the committed from the uncommitted. Because when pressure comes on, the uncommitted, sayonara, baby. But the committed, the dedicated, I might not understand this, but God, you can count on me. I might not know how all this is going to turn out as far as all the natural, but I know the end result, I win, period. I know you're good, period. I know Jesus is good, period. I know the Holy Spirit is good, period. I know your word always works, period. I know you're faithful always, period. I don't understand everything that might be going on right now, but there's a period instead of a question mark. I know you're faithful, period. When the pressure comes on, are you separated? Are you still in the game? How do I increase in my confidence, in my my relationship with God? I stay dedicated, committed, loyal, faithful. Say faithful. Faithful. We put God first. Say we put God first. first. We seek God with all of our heart. Seek God with all of our heart. Say that. Seek God with all my heart. heart. Now let's step back. How am I doing? 2 Corinthians 13, 5, we need to examine ourselves to see if our faith is producing the fruit that it's supposed to be producing. Doesn't mean everything, you're going to be walking in everything overnight. No, it is a process of growth. It is a process of fellowship. It is a process of relationship. Say process. God is a, a God of process. Not quantum leaps. Now, there are times that you gain ground. Psalms 37, 23 says the footsteps, steps of the Lord, of of a good person are directed by the Lord. Steps, not not quantum leaps, not quantum jumps. Now, years ago, the Lord said, Trey, if you'll stay in the process, I'll speed it up. If we'll stay in the process, he'll speed it up. But we can't jump ship. When the going gets tough and think our way is better. How many of us know our way is not better? God's way is better. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We're getting ready to close. Yeah, hold your place right there and let's keep going to the right to 1 John for a moment because I want us to see this. 1 John chapter 2, walking. With God. God is good. Jesus is good. The Holy Spirit is good. We're dedicated. We're putting the word first. We're seeking God with all of our heart. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. In the Amplified, it says, You have been anointed by, you hold a sacred appointment from, you've been given an unction from the Holy One, and you all know the truth, and you know all things. Go to verse 27. In the Amplified, But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction, which you receive from Him, abides permanently in you. So then you have no need that anyone should instruct you. You have no need that anyone should instruct you. Now, we read earlier that the Holy Spirit teaches us all truth, right? He calls all things to our remembrance. He's guiding us into all truth. Right here he says, the anointing teaches us. We have no one who should instruct us, but just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything, say everything... And it's true and is no falsehood, so you must abide, live in, never depart from Him, being rooted in Him, knit to Him, just as His anointing has taught you to do. Now, you know the Word of God doesn't contradict Himself. Because you hear people, there's, uh, you know, I, I don't need anybody. I have me and God. Now, don't lose sight of what he said. He's for a reason. He's good. Say he's good. He said, don't forsake assembling yourself together. Letting us know you're going to get something here that you can't get with just you and God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, he gives the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist as a gift. But notice 
This pastor standing up here. I'm standing, whoever's standing up here. They're sent as a gift, the same anointing as far as that is teaching them and that is in them, is speaking through them. But you have the same anointing and the same teacher and the same spirit in and on you to receive and let him teach you how it applies to your life. So when he says the anointing teaches us all things and we don't have any need of anybody teaching us, he said, I want to teach you what you're hearing. I'm wanting to be the teacher. So we have the teacher when we're at home. We have the teacher on Monday through Saturday. We have the teacher to teach us about all things. Say all things. We have the teacher. Now go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. This is kind of where we uh, read in the beginning. So we're putting God first, right? We're dedicated. We're seeking God with all of our heart. Verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to Him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him out. He wants us to seek Him, and He wants to reward. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, you can look at it in your own time. It says that whenever His people, we humble ourselves and we pray. And we seek Him and crave Him as our vital necessity. We require Him to show up in our life. He says, this is what's going to happen. He says, I'm going to hear from heaven. I'm going to forgive your sins, and I'm going to heal your land. But your job is to seek. Your job is to crave. And he says in Hebrews chapter 11, whenever we seek, he rewards. He says there's no way you can diligently seek God and rewards not follow us. So am I dedicated? Am I putting God first? Am I seeking God with all my heart? If I am, then I should expect... To have healing in my life. I should expect to walk with confidence knowing I'm in right standing with God. I should expect on the path of the righteous for it to go brighter and brighter and brighter. And my relationship to get stronger and stronger and stronger. There's always more than where we're at right now. And God is always in front of us saying, come on, come on, come on. Keep being dedicated. Keep putting me first. Keep seeking me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Come on. Keep setting your mind. Keep setting your mind. Keep setting your mind. Keep coming to me. Keep coming after me. Keep your hunger stirred up. Keep your thirst stirred up. Stay after me. Walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. With. Walk with. Remember Psalms chapter 1, he says, Blessed is the man who does not walk with the ungodly, nor stand in the seat of the scornful, nor, nor sit, or nor, sit nor, nor, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Because see, where you're sitting and who you're sitting with determines how you stand in life. And what's empowering you to stand is going to determine who you're walking with. That's why he says, Delight... Meditate on the word day and night. He says, then you're going to be like a tree planted by rivers of living water and whatever you do will prosper because where you're sitting matters. Who you're standing with matters. Who you're walking with, it matters. Enoch habitually fellowshiped with God. So the Father is good. Say He's good. Jesus is good. Say He's good. Holy Spirit is good. Say He's good. And I'm going to be dedicated. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to seek God with all my heart. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you watch over your word to perform it. That Father, as each and every one of us, we make a decision that I'm going I'm to up my dedication to you and your word and your presence. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that you're first. Your word is first. It's before my family. It's before my work. It's before what I'm called to do. You're first. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek you. I'm going to crave your word and your presence more than anything else. Father, just how I want to eat dinner, I'm going to eat your word. Just how I get thirsty, I'm going to drink of your presence. I'm going to eat of your word and drink of your spirit. Eat of your word and drink of your spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you, you recall this word, even while we're sleeping, that our mind is connected to this word, our heart is connected to this word, that there is a desire to walk in relationship with you at a higher place. Now, Holy Spirit, we, we just receive this from you. We call it sealed in our hearts, and we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Pastor? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.